Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Martinez. The day has finally arrived. March Madness is finally here. Officially, but not officially. It's the first four. It started uh, last night. There's some first four games tonight. But we are less than 24 hours away from the real madness from beginning. Uh, today's kind of a special day. Well, it is a special day. It's our March Madness Bracket Palooza Spectacular Episode Wednesday edition. It's our first episode, not on a Thursday. We did it on a Wednesday because we want to watch the tournament tomorrow, and I know you want to watch the tournament also, so there's no reason for me to record and for you to listen to the show tomorrow, so we're getting it out today. Um, kind of a strange feeling, I guess. I don't know, it's really not that big of a difference. It's only one day early, but it is different. It's brand new on a Wednesday. It's the first time we've ever not done an episode on a Thursday, so there's that. Um, it's a full March Madness spectacular. The whole episode is nothing but March Madness. I've Since I started the podcast way back when in August. This was the episode that I've been looking forward to. When I very start when I started way back when, I couldn't I was counting down the days and the weeks how long until March Madness. This is my favorite weekend of the sports year, of the year period. I don't know any other weekend that I have more fun. I don't. I don't go out. I don't party. I barely celebrate my own birthday. So this is the weekend where I am, you know, this is where I'm the most ecstatic. And what kind of poetic justice? Today's the first day of spring, and it's the International Day of Happiness. And I could not be more jovial to just be alive today because we, we got March. I could, which is, kind of, I might get struck by lightning or hit by a bus today and not get to see March Madness tomorrow. But for the meantime, I'm in a pretty solid mood today. So um, we got some great stuff. It's all March Madness. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna be filling out my bracket now. Okay, some clarity here. I'm gonna hold myself accountable. I make multiple brackets. Okay, I do. I'm one of those guys. Now I'm not the person you ask him. Hey, who's your final four? Oh well, in one my my first, my one A brackets, I have these four teams, and my one B brackets, and like they have you know they just give you all 27 of their final fours. I'm not that guy. I make multiple brackets, and I think this is okay too. I want to win some money, okay? I'm getting paid like one cent per listener for this podcast, so I need to make some money. So yes, I do make different variations of my um, bracket for sweepstakes and different contests and stuff like that. Uh, For those of you who have uh, the ESPN Tournament Challenge app, if you enter your brackets in on the Around the Horn group, because you can enter your your bracket into, into different pools. You can make your own pool like for you and your friends, your family, or you can join a pool, which I think is way more fun, um, and it's owned by a celebrity or um, a, a player, like a, a you know an athlete, or a show, like different ESPN personalities, celebrities, that's, more, that's the most fun. And if you win the Around the Horn pool, which I think has like over 200,000 people, it's going to be tough to win that one. But if you do win that one, you get control of Woody Page's Blackboard for a day, so as long as if he if he's on the show, if he makes it to the you know showdown and uh, uh, FaceTime and all that stuff, you'll get extra chalkboards. And not only that, so you get to write whatever you want on there. But they will. This is the first time they're doing this uh, this year. If you win the bracket pool in on the for the Around the Horn show, not only do you get control of Woody Page's blackboard, but they send you the blackboard, so you get to keep it. You get this magnificent trophy. That you went, they mail it to you, and you get to keep it forever. I mean, that what what more could you possibly want? So, um, yeah, I do make different brackets, you know, to enter in pools and kind of win sweepstakes. I mean, if someone's gonna win 
a brand new Buick, it might as well be me. That's just my logic. But I do have like one that I, that's my ride or die. I say, this is my bracket. All the other ones, I want them to do well, obviously, but this is, this is my one. So I am filling out my one, my be-all, end-all, my ride or die bracket today on the show during, while we're recording. This is good. I've already filled out a few. I'm not going to lie because you got to get a head start on those sweepstakes. But this is going to be my final bracket. Or maybe not my... I'm probably going to make some more because t- I, I have to make some money. I mean, it, I, I have to win something this year to make me feel good about myself. But this is going to be my number one. That's why I'm putting it on the show. I wouldn't put something on the show and then say, no, that's not my real bracket. Here's my real... This is my real number one ride or die bracket. So um, I'm going to be entering... I'm writing it down doing a paper and a Sharpie pen. So there's no going back. Um, and then I'm going to enter it in on ESPN and... Uh, NCAA, March Madness, all that stuff. So it's going to be official. This is going to be a totally official bracket. Um, so if it goes perfect, which it won't, I will, you know, I, I said it here first, basically is what I'm trying to say. It may not go per- I'm, I've already kind of thought to myself, like, what if this one busts and then one of my random ones is like really good? I'm going to be pretty sad about that because this is the one that I'm choosing. But that's my, that's, you know, that's the hand I've been dealt because I'm using this one as the ultimate crowd noise podcast bracket so um before we the bracket we're gonna save for the end because that's gonna be the meat of the show uh first i want to tell you talk to you about um just what it means i mean i love march madness i love making brackets um i think that's part maybe even more fun than the games itself for the you know the general public i love making brackets of i mean who doesn't you know looking at your bracket as you're watching the games but i like to watch the games also and past like the first weekend, most people's brackets are so broken, they're just watching the games anyway. Their, their bracket has nothing to do with the outcomes of the games because already, they've already busted. So I genuinely enjoy the games. But I thought, why do people make the brackets? Like, where did that come from? I get it's fun. It, you know, you play with against your friends, kind of bragging rights, show who knows more, all that stuff. But it's really more the ideology of making a perfect bracket. Everyone who's ever made a bracket, their number one goal was to make a perfect bracket. It was never to get as close to perfect as possible. It was never to even beat your friends. The goal was to make a perfect bracket, get no games absolutely wrong. And I, th- I think about this a lot. Um, I have a lot of random, you know, obscure thoughts that have nothing to do with anything. This is what I do with my time. Um, making a perfect bracket is the real life, the modern day sword in the stone. Everyone is trying to accomplish this mission. Everyone is trying to get this done. It's, it's Thor's hammer. It's the Mjolnir. Everyone is trying to pick up the hammer. Everyone is trying to get the sword out of the stone because they want to be the first one to do it. Everyone wants to be the chosen one, essentially. And I know I'm, I, might, I may be blowing this out of proportion, but think about it. I mean, in all the years of the college basketball tournament, no one has even come close the longest active, or not active, but the longest recorded streak, um, according to NCAA March Madness, was 36 games. And there are 63 games total that you have to pick. So even the best that we've ever seen is a little bit less than halfway correct. And that was just, that's not even total. That's just how long their bracket was perfect until they picked a game that was wrong. I think they ended up like not finishing very well. Like They started off really good and their bracket kind of fell apart. And uh, it, it ended up not being you know, really good. Cause you want to, you, you're aiming for accuracy overall, but you're really, I mean, 
your main goal is to get it perfect. So we haven't even come close as uh, our as mankind, our human species has not even come close to making a perfect bracket. Um, and I think that's part of the lure. I really think part of March Madness and part of making a bracket is you could be the first because no one has ever done it. And we have this belief that no one ever will do it. I personally believe, personally believe look, we put a man on the moon, so we're led to believe. We've done amazing things as a species. Someone has to crack this. Someone will. I believe in my lifetime, someone will make a perfect bracket, despite all the insane odds, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. And they're insane. You guys are going to be blown away by these numbers. But I really believe someone's going to get it done. And I think that's part of the lure of March Madness. You could be the first. You could be the chosen one, the one that makes the first ever and possibly only perfect bracket in human history. And I think that's a big draw for making these things. It's fun, and I think some people, whether they say, I'm not trying to make a perfect bracket, I just want to have fun or not, that's a lie because you make the bracket, you know, picking the teams you think are going to win. You don't pick teams saying, I think they're going to lose, so I'm going to pick them. I'm not try- I want to not be perfect. No, you pick the bracket with the idea of, I think this is going to happen. I think it's going to be right. I'm assuming I am right. I'm assuming that my bracket is better than yours and my picks are better. Than, like, even if you say you're not trying to make a perfect bracket, you're lying because you are. Everyone is trying to make a perfect bracket. And it's never been done before. Now, there are people like me, these mystery hunters and the mythbusters that are trying to pull the sword out of the stone. Um, it's very unlikely. I don't think I will. Um, I'd like to. But, um, <laughs> of course, I want to be the first ever you know, person to make a perfect bracket. Um, I think someone will, like I said, it probably is not going to be me, be me, but I think someone will. I think eventually someone's going to crack the code and get it done. Um, and here's my problem with that. Because there's this mystique and the mythos of no one can ever get this done. No one can ever pick up Thor's hammer except for Thor. You have to, you're not worthy. No one can get this sword out of the stone except for King Arthur. Is it King? I haven't seen the Disney movie. I just I, I kind of know about it a little bit. Um, if someone gets it done. They actually, and they, let's say, it, I don't, it may be this year, I don't know, um, but eventually when it does happen, because I think it will, I think it's going to, I think it's going to destroy March Madness as we know it. And I think, not that people just aren't going to watch anymore and it's just like no one's going to care about March Madness. No, there absolutely will be people, you know, still watching the games, you know, for their teams or for gambling, whatever it is. But I mean, it's going to destroy that mythos if no one has ever gotten it done. The March Madness, the bracket, you know, I mean, ESPN just had like a 24-hour straight marathon of just encouraging people to make brackets. And I think they're over like 10, 12 million brackets. That's just on ESPN. That's not counting CBS, Yahoo, or NCAA, you know, their March Madness, uh, Madness apps. That's just ESPN. So everyone is chasing. And I think once somebody actually gets it done, I think you take a lot of people out of the equation. I think a lot of people are going to be deflated and kind of, you know, they're going to be really disappointed. It takes away that they can no longer be the first to ever get it done. And it, it's deflating because if you think about it, if it's taken us this long to get one person, if, for one person to get it right, what are the odds that you're going to get it next year or, you know, right after? So it, a lot of people are going to be deflated and not, um, not 
make any more brackets from here on out. I think if someone does, I think someone will. But when it does happen, I feel like it's going to destroy the integrity of making brackets. And I know I like to blow things out of proportion. I like to take things over seriously. This is just a game. But I really feel like it's more than that. You know, idea like the way we, our brains work. Like, honestly, like, you could just be some guy. You could be a mechanic in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. If you make the first perfect bracket, you go down in sports history. You literally go down in college basketball history. And a step further, like I said, sports history. You're going to be, like, the sports person of the year in Sports Illustrated. You made the first ever and probably the first and only perfect March Madness bracket ever. And I really think that's going to kind of destroy the integrity and take a lot of the fun away from you know, March you know the March Madness uh, lure, and I'm not saying don't try to make a perfect. No, definitely try because I'm gonna try. I'm telling you right now, I am gonna try and ruin March Madness for everyone forever. But I just think when it does happen, and it's gonna happen, I'm telling you right now, in our lifetimes, there will be someone who gets a perfect bracket. And when it does happen, I think it's gonna ruin a lot of people's kind of love affair with making their brackets. If I make a perfect bracket, I'm like this year, I'm never making another bracket ever again or any year. Like maybe it's not this year, maybe it's 10 years from now I make a perfect bracket, I don't know. Let's just say it happens and it happens to me. I will never make another bracket ever. I may I may not even play fantasy. No, that's a lie. I will absolutely play fantasy, but like you've already you've done it. You've reached the summit. Why in the world would you would you make another bracket? Ever again, you've already done the impossible. So, and for some people, that's part of the lure. They want to be the one who accomplishes the impossible. And so, once someone else does it, it's it's not the same. So, I really think, um, while it is everyone's goal to make a perfect March Madness bracket, that could also be very like self-destructive for you know NCAA March Madness. And uh, so, here's the good news. Moving on. That's how you do a segue. It's unlikely that it's ever going to happen. I mean, the odds of it actually happening are you have two odds or two chances, slim and none. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Mathematically, it should not be, of course, nothing is impossible. You can get struck by lightning twice in the same day, and then on your way back home, you can get beat up and robbed by a leprechaun. Mathematically, that could happen. Will it happen? Probably not, but nothing is impossible. That's kind of like the March Madness bracket. Mathematically, it is possible. It is, you know, I mean, theoretically, it can happen, but probably not. And I think it will. I think I can't stress that enough. Eventually, someone is going to get it done. It, this isn't something that's just never going to happen. Like, think like 60 years, like I'm 20 now. In 60 years, I'll be 80. Old, but still, I mean, you know, with, you know, like that's, you could see someone living to that age. Like, that's not outrageous for someone to be 80 and then continue, like, still have like 10 years left. So when I'm 80 years old, 60 years from now, you're telling me not one person is going to get it done? In 60 years, what? Okay, so we're in 2019. What's 2019 plus 60? 2079? No. Yeah, 20, because I'm always, I'm always one year older than a year. Like it's 2019 now and I'm 20. In 2020, I'll be 21. Like I'm always, so yeah, it'll be 2079. And I'll be 80 years old. You're telling me not one person is going to get it? Like someone is going to get it. Um, and then that'll be it. There'll just be one guy and then no one else will get it ever again um but the odds of that happen that's why you're talking about once in 60 years i would say probably but that's it just once in 60 years that doesn't really sound great but that's about 
the best odds you're going to get. So here are the numbers. Now, I think a lot of us are kind of desensitized to the, the number. We've all kind of heard it. We're all kind of numb to it at this point. So I've got some other numbers to show you just how great or how bad, I guess, those odds of you getting a perfect bracket really are. Um, so we've all heard the number. One and 9.2 quintillion. We've all heard, I mean, it's almost like second, like, yeah, the March Madness is 1.92 quintillion. Who cares? It's not even, like, we don't even, we've heard that number so many times throughout the years now that it's not even, it doesn't even sound like a big number. Quintillion. Now, when I first heard it, I didn't even know quintillion was a number. I have to be quite honest with you. I did not know that that was a, I mean, of course, the number scale is infinite, but I don't know what's after trillion. Like, I don't, I don't pay attention. I know that the numbers keep going on forever for all eternity, but I don't know what numbers are out there. Um, I know how to count. I just don't know how to count past the trillion, I guess. Um, so when I first heard quintillion, I was like, wow, that's a huge number. Like, I didn't even know that was a number on the number scale. And then after a while, you keep hearing it and then you memorize, you're like, oh yeah, one, one and 9.2 quintillion. Well, guess what? I'm the one. Everyone kind of has that idea, you know, going back to everyone wants to be the one to pick up Thor's hammer and lift the sword of, out of the stone. But I don't think everyone truly, and because it's such a big number, and because no one has ever heard of it, we don't really fully understand the magnitude of 1.9, or 1 in 9.2 quintillion. I think it's too big for us to comprehend. It's like, um, you know, some people, like if you've seen Captain Marvel, and if you haven't, skip the next 30 seconds, because it's kind of a spoiler. There are some, you know, religious figures, or like some, you know, higher powers that are just so powerful and all all power i was trying to say all being that's not a word but they're just so powerful that our brains cannot comprehend their you know their physical form and our brain just shows our 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 body and our eyes like our perception of what that thing looks like because it, our, our brain can't comprehend their true form that's kind of like what 9.2 quintillion is it's such a big number um Oh, I'm going back to Captain Marvel. So there's the special or the, the um, is it the special intelligence or something like that? The, the ultimate intelligence where it's like this being that's just so powerful. No creature can comprehend its true form. So you see it in the way that your brain presents it to you. Like all, the way you see it is not the way it looks. That's just the way that you can physically comprehend, you know, what you're seeing. That's kind of like 9.2 quintillion. It's such a big number that we just say, oh, it's bigger than a billion. But it, I mean, it's, that's not terrible. But it's way bigger than a billion. It's, it's unbelievable. So here, the one in 9.2 quintillion, and that's counting out all the different combinations of the bracket, including 60. And that's 64 teams. That's not even 68, including the first four. Because uh, we don't pick the first four games. Well, thank God, because I mean, that would, it would just make things even more harder. Um, if you added those first four games in there. But that's just all different combinations of the 64-team bracket. That's just all different combinations of 9.2 quintillion. Um, and so here are some things that are better. Or if you wanted to get a perfect bracket, um, or I guess instances where you'd have better odds of accomplishing this than accomplishing a perfect March Madness bracket. So here we go. Uh, I saw that this is all courtesy of NCAA March Madness. They do some great uh, videos on... Uh, if you have the app, if you have the, the March Madness app, which you should, I mean, you should have it anyway. Um, they do all kinds of articles, you know, about, you know, the odds of making a perfect bracket. It's really, they're really fun to read, so go, go check those out. Um, there are 7 quintillion 
500 quadrillion grains of sand on planet Earth. So that's how many individual grains of sand there are. And that's not, and again, that's approximate. No one, sat or, no one is sitting around counting each grain of sand. But think about the size of a grain of sand. You really can't even see, you can't pick one up. There's just so small. Think about the grain. You go to a beach, you go to Venice Beach. That's like a fraction of all the grains of sand on the planet. But imagine if I told you to count each grain of sand on Venice Beach, you would just, you'd blow your brains out. There's no way you're taking that challenge. That's not even all of them. So there's 7 quintillion, 500 quadrillion grains of sand on planet Earth. 7 quintillion. And the odds of making a perfect March Madness bracket are 9.2 quintillion. So with that, those numbers, if I picked out a random grain of sand on this planet, if I just walked around and I landed on a random grain of sand anywhere on earth, I picked one out and I hit it and I put it in another place. I took one grain of sand and I put it in with a different group of grains of sand. And I told you, guess which grain of sand I picked. If I told you you had to get it right in your first try, you would have better odds of picking out my grain of sand than you would of picking out a perfect March Madness bracket. Let that sink in. You would have better odds of picking one grain of sand on this earth than you would of making a per perfect March Madness bracket. If that doesn't deflate you, I don't know what will because it, sh it really discouraged me. When I read that, I, I, I just kind of sunk in. I was really deflated reading that. I mean, just think like, the, we look at grains of sand like we look at stars and planets. Like there should be like an infinite number of stars and planets in, in outer space. And we kind of, we connect it with, uh, there are as many grains of sand as there are planets in our solar, or not in our solar system, but in, in the galaxy or in the universe. And you're telling me that there are more, more March Madness possibilities than, than that. It's, it, it's just so overwhelming. And when you look at the numbers like that, it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, but I know what you're thinking. I already know what you're thinking because I've had this thought before. Well, what if I just make 9.2 quintillion brackets and I guarantee that I make a perfect March Madness bracket because I cover all possible outcomes. Well, that is true. And that's, well, it is a bad idea, but it is a common idea. And let me tell you why you cannot do that. If you wanted to make 9.2 quintillion different brackets to cover all possible outcomes, um, well, you can't. You would, you just, you physically cannot. Let's just say, just think about how, what kind of, you only get from Sunday to Wednesday, really. And we're, um, the brackets close tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific. So if you haven't made a bracket yet, you have until tomorrow at 8.59 Pacific to make a, a bracket because they close once the tournament start um, at, um, at 9. The first game is um, Minnesota and Louisville. So that's the first game tomorrow. Once that game tips off, you can no longer make a bracket. So you only have from Sunday to Wednesday anyway. But let's just say you had a whole year. Or you had as much time as you needed. Let's say the tournament would wait for you. The, the tournament committee said, you know what? Make all the possibilities and we'll start the tournament once you're done. If you did that, let's just say how fast, how fast could you possibly go? Like how many brackets could you make in a minute? If you were real, I mean, if you were just doing mathematically, you wouldn't really be choosing. So maybe you could go faster. But let's just say for the sake of the argument, you went superhuman and you made one bracket a second. You, every second you were done with a bracket, another one, another one, another one, another, you just kept going. Um, there are 3.16 million seconds in a year. So in one year, you would make 3.16 million brackets. So that's still not even fast enough. And there's 9.2 quillion 
um, quintillion uh, bracket possibility. So if, if, you know, relating that, so one year is uh, 3.16 million brackets. It would take you 292 billion years before you were done with all potential outcomes. If you wanted to make one bracket a second and cover all possible outcomes. So making a perfect bracket is, it's like finding a a leprechaun on a unicorn that's going to pick up their their friend pilot, Mr. Pig. There's a pig that can fly. The odds are, are insurmountable, but it is physically possible. I mean, well, I mean, unicorns aren't real, so we know. I mean, it's just, everyone's going to try and do it. It's the sword and the stone. Everyone is going to try and get this thing done, but really, it's it's almost impossible. It's not impossible, but it might as well be. This is the closest thing to being impossible as we've ever seen. And I do I think someone will get it done? Yes, because our race, our humankind, our species are so intelligent. We, I mean, and I think we've done so many other, we put a man on the moon, like I said. We've, we've accomplished so many other things that we're going to let this bracket stump us someone is going to get it eventually but the and once that does happen think of the kind of feat that that person accomplished look at these numbers like i told you you can find a grain you've had better chances of picking out one individual grain of sand than you would making a perfect bread that is a feat i mean that is just unbelievable like you're forever cemented in sports history if you make that perfect bracket it's it's unbelievable what you just accomplished but the numbers for most people, I mean, it, it, it's just not something that's going to happen on a year-to-year basis. And it's never happened to this point. So, I mean, that just that tells you it's not as easy as you think or as I think. Because every year I think I'm probably going to get it done. Every year I have this, you know, because I follow college basketball. And there are people that have limit. Well, it's not truly 9.2 quintillion because if you have any college basketball knowledge you're not going to pick every single you know what the teams are going to do basically you have a good idea who's of who's going to get upset even still they've narrowed it down and the best odds of that are like in the trillions if you have basketball knowledge so i've said this before i don't care if you're jay billis or if you're dig vital or if you're mike shashevsky no one knows what's going to happen it's like the stock market like no one can actually predict what's going to happen so i mean it's it's an unbelievable, almost an insurmountable feat. But by the same token, so was climbing, climbing Mount Everest. Like there was so many other things that were impossible and eventually someone got it done. So I think, while I've said before, like it will destroy the integrity of March Madness. I, I feel like someone will get it done. It, there's, there's two sides to every coin. This is a, you know, a hopeful uh, feet like I think someone will get it done and we have we have you know the brain power to get it done but by the same token once you do get it done a lot of things are going to start to hit the fan like I think there's going to be some consequences to it but I hope someone gets it done I hope in my lifetime I can see someone actually accomplish it and I hope it's me I really hope I get it done because uh, after that if Warren Buffett still has his billion dollar bet going on you guys there will never be another crowd noise episode you're never going to see me again because I'm moving to Beverly Hills and I'm buying the most expensive mansion and I'm going to ride off into the sunset so if it is me I feel sorry for a lot of you guys because I will let the money change me I mean I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna be upfront with you because some people say when you know when they win the lottery I'm not gonna let it change me uh, this is who I am I'm like no I'm absolutely letting the money change me I'm letting you know right now so there's no questions about it but even still I'd be more motivated Let's say if Warren Buffett bet 9.2 quintillion dollars 
you know, make it make it uh, equal odds to the odds of the tournament. You know, that that would be really interesting. And then I think someone would absolutely the more money you put out there, the more you know motivation you're going to get from human beings. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. Let's try. Let's uh, get the journey of a thousand miles or 9.2 quintillion miles begins with one step, and we are taking our first step right now. So this is always the most fun part about March Madness, maybe even more so, some people would argue, than the tournament itself. Uh, I don't know where I stand on that. I love college basketball. I love watching the games. I guess I would say that's not entirely true because I watch college basketball during the season, and I'm not picking all the games, and I'm not making a bracket you know, during the season. So I would say, yeah, it is tons of fun, but I actually like, I'm a purist. I'm a basketball savant. I like to watch the games for the sport. But I mean, I do, of course, filling out your bracket is, I mean, it's, it's just tons of fun. Before we get started with mine, um, I kind of teased that because I said we were going to get started and then I lied. I'm going to give you some potential bracket breakers. I mean, like these are going to destroy your entire bracket before you're going to be dead on arrival. Um, and I want to do this first because I was watching that ESPN marathon. That tw- it was like 25 hours or something like that, like more than a whole day of just nonstop tournament coverage. Um, they asked everyone, they ask everyone who, what's your biggest upset? What do you think is going to be the, the, you know, the Cinderella this year? And they'd give a team, and then they say, is that on your bracket? And then they all say no. Like Everyone who gives you these, these Cinderellas and these upsets, don't even bother to put them on their bracket. And neither will I, because um, like while we could foreseeably like you know predict these upsets, none of us are brave enough really to actually put put them on our bracket. So and then the same thing by like I'm gonna have some upset. I'm not going to like if you have chalk like well let me I'll save that for later. I was um, but if you have to have upsets. You have to have a good measure uh, mixture of upsets, and then you have to have those upsets advancing. Like it's very rare that a team just gets upset and then that team just leaves in the second round, like UMBC. That was a shocker. I thought they were going to beat Kansas State in the second round, and they probably should have. But very rarely does that happen where you have a big upset and then they're done. Like, they just leave. Like, no, a lot of times they advance. Loyola Chicago last year was in the Final Four. So even a year with upsets or with a team that made a big upset and then immediately exited the tournament, there was another team that made an upset and they just kept going. So uh, you have to have those teams advancing at least one round. I think in the past, like, eight or ten years or something like that, um, a 10 seed, at least one, at least one 10 seed or worse made the Sweet 16. Or was it like an 8 seed or worse made the Sweet 16? So think about that when you're making your bracket. You have to have, your bracket needs to be ugly. Like the better you feel about about your bracket, the worse it is. Like you should not have two or three one seeds in the final four. You should your elite eight should not be all ones and twos and one one and three because that's where you got really edgy in the south region or whatever. Like no, you have your bracket has to look ugly now so that way later it looks a lot better. If it looks good now, I'm telling you right now, it's going to look ugly once the tournament starts. That's kind of the way it works. Um, so here are potential bracket destroyers. I mean, just nukes that are going to be dropped on your bracket. The 16-1, it's not going to happen. I mean, last year, but okay, up until before last year, it was a guarantee. If there was one thing that you could count on in the tournament, if there was one thing you could hang your hat on, it was that the ones beat the 16s. And then it happened last year, and now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everyone has, oh, I have a 16 beating a 1 this year. Like, where did that come from? It's not going to happen again. I can tell you that it, will it happen again in college history, like in the future? Yes. 
there will be a 16 beaten to one, but it's not happening in back-to-back years. And I can tell you why, because teams are going to be on extra high alert this year because now it's happened. Now it is a possibility. There's no way Duke is losing to, well, they don't even know who they're playing yet because those two teams are in the first four tonight. They're not losing to North Dakota State or NC Central. It's not happening. UVA is going to beat Gardner-Webb by 60 points, okay? I'll bet my house on that. They're not losing. So that, you can erase that. The 15 and two seeds, the same thing. I mean, I think only a handful of times, like four or five times in the tournament history has a 15 beaten a two. And I think the last one to do it was Michigan State uh, and Middle Tennessee a few years back. And I know that because I was one of the most, I was one of the people who picked Michigan State to win the title. And Michigan State that year just so happened to be the most popular championship pick in the tournament. So it wasn't just me. It was a lot of people that had their brackets destroyed within the first three hours of the tournament, but it happens. Um, where your bracket gets busted is not necessarily in the first round. It's in the second round. Because like I said, most people are not going to get, well, nobody is going to get a perfect bracket anyway. You're, about, you're trying to get as accurate as possible. So where you could have some trouble in the second round is, v, is UCF and Duke. I don't see Duke losing the first round. It is a possibility that they lose in the second round because there are two really good teams in that 8-9 game, VC, uh, VCU and UCF, both really good teams. Um, and UCF specifically because they, they, they present a lot of problems specifically for Duke. They're without Marquise Bolden. Javin Delorier is, you know, he gets in a lot of foul trouble. And UCF has the, the big man, the beanstalk taco fall, all seven, six of them. So I think he could present a lot of matchup problems for Duke. So could Zion Williamson, you could say, for UCF. So will I put that upset in my bracket? No, potentially not. But if you have Duke as your champion, and they are the most they are the most popular champion pick this year, as was Michigan State four or five years ago, think about if Duke loses in that second round game to UCF. And it could happen. A few years ago, Villanova with Josh Hart, they lost to Wisconsin in the second round in that, you know, the 8-9 winner. They lost, it was, uh, Villanova was a one seed, and then they played Wisconsin, who was an eight, and then they lost in the second round. And they weren't, the most popular championship pick, but they were, I mean, they were a one seed. A lot of people having them, a lot of people had them going all the way. And I think it was the year after they won it all or two years after that or something like that. No, it was the year after because two years after that, they won it again. Um, so those ones and eight and nines, that's where your bracket could be busted. I'm looking at UVA, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, and I don't think they're going to lose that. North Carolina, Utah State, no, I don't think so. Uh, okay, another one, Gonzaga, and then the winner of Syracuse and Baylor. A lot of people are picking Syracuse, and Syracuse has made a history, a recent history of making deep runs in the tournament. There was that year, a few years ago, they were a number 10 seed, and they played, they ended up playing in the final four. So a lot of people are, you know, they're kind of wary of Gonzaga getting popped by Syracuse in that second round. That's a potential bracket ender, because a lot of people have, not Gonzaga winning it, but Gonzaga in their final four. So think about if you're one of your final four teams is out in the second round, in the first weekend. That is a big blow. Um, some other one. Okay, here's some first round stuff. I'm not so sold this year on the 512. I don't think the 512 is just a guarantee. Because before, that was, like, that was a really safe upset. You could just put a 12 over a 5 and feel really comfortable, comfortable about it. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think this year, and it's not even the 611 because a lot of people said, well, the new 512 is the 611. That's not the case. I think the new 512 is the 413. I think a lot of the, almost every 413 matchup here, all four of them, I could, I could pick the 13. LSU and Yale. Yale, I mean, excuse me, LSU doesn't have their head coach, and Yale's a really good team. They're ranked as a 14 because they play in the Ivy League, which no one watches outside of New York. 
So, no, I mean, you haven't seen any of these teams. I think Yale could possibly um, pop LSU in the first round. Uh, Florida State and Vermont. Where is that one? That one's in the West region. I could really see Florida State, you know, with all the kind of, and they're really, they're a popular team to make the Elite Eight, you know, a sleeper to make the Final Four. That's everyone's kind of alternate pick. Everyone has that team where they're, like, it's not a, um, it's not a one or a two, but they're trying to be, you know, like experts. Oh, I have a four seed or a five seed in the Final Four. Like, you're not that creative. Florida State is one of those teams, and they could foreseeably get popped in the first round by Vermont. Um, Kansas State and UC Irvine, not one I don't, I mean, it's possible, but I, I, I have pretty good faith in Kansas State. They play in a good conference, and they won the whole thing. Um, and then there is Houston and Georgia State. Now, Houston is a really good team, so that makes you worry even more. I mean, because they're so good, and they were ranked in the top 10 this year. Um, if they were to get beat by Georgia State, I guarantee, look at your bracket right now. I promise you, I bet you $100 you don't have Georgia State winning in the first round. So, you know, these are the... The ones that you have absolutely no doubts in, like I'm, I feel pretty safe about this one. Those are the ones you need to worry about the most. Because think about last year, Arizona and Buffalo. I think that one was a 4 and a 13 as well. Or maybe it was a 15 and a 2. It was in that range. And Buffalo just dismantled DeAndre Ayton. I mean, they, they embarrassed him. So be careful. And, make, you know, I will give you a pass here. I will give you a mulligan to go and revise your bracket. Because you have to look out for these. Don't pay the five and the twelves are easy because you're gonna feel good about those ones. You're gonna. Uh, I'm picking a twelve over a five. I'm really edgy here. I'm picking. I mean, huge upset. Those aren't the upsets. The upsets are behind that one, are, are below that. You know, like the thirteen and the four, the fifteen and the two, and the fourteen and the three, right? Yeah, the third. There's a three and a fourteen and a fourteen and a three. So those are the ones you want to be looking at. And then look at the second round also. Like I said, once you pick an upset, find one to at least, find at least one team that you think can advance after that. So, you know, and then, you know, and then get your your cross and your Bible and just pray to the heavens because, you know, that's about all you can do after that. Um, so let's get started with all that, you know, the useless information, all those numbers that I was flinging around. Let's get started. Um, I'm using a Sharpie and a uh, paper here just to show you that I'm... I'm a purist. I'm old school like that. Um, here we go. First round in the East. First game in the East. Duke and NC Central and North Dakota State, 1-16. and 16. I'm going to pencil in Duke here. Um, that one's pretty easy. So, Duke. Uh, and then right below that. We're going to do the first rounds first and the second round and the third round. All that. So, we're not going to... Because I know some people like to fill out a whole side of the bracket. Like, they'll they'll fill out the whole East bracket. Like, so they'll have, like, one member of the Final Four... And then they'll go do the next one. Like, no, I'm going to do the first round first in its entirety. And then, we'll, so just so you know, because I know you can't see it. Uh, VCU and UCF. Now, in the past, I think, I don't know how many years, but in the past, like, few years, like, in more than a few, like, 10 plus, the 8-9 game, the record in that game has literally been 500. It's been exactly split. So there's no real safe bet here. It's really about who, who do you like, like, who you're going to pick. Um, and I like UCF a lot. Uh, well, not that I like them a lot. I've only I've seen them. I haven't seen VCU and Taco Fall. I mean, just sometimes they're, they're you know his athletic presence, his physical presence is just gonna you know really throw a lot of teams off. So I'm taking UCF in the first round there over VCU. So I have Duke and UCF in the second round. Uh, and that five and twelve Mississippi State and Liberty. Now I haven't seen either of these teams. I'm not gonna lie to you, but from what I've been told. 
and from when I say from what I've been told, I mean from what I've read on, on Google, is Liberty's a pretty good team, and the SEC is a good conference, but not a very deep conference, so I'm taking Liberty in the upset here, and there's a 5-12, and 12, so I'm not even following my own rule. You can have 5-12, and 12, and you should. I'm telling you, if you have a bracket that looks good and you only have one upset, you're wrong. Start over, because there's going to be at least at least two to three upsets in every single bracket in almost every single round, so make sure you go back and double-check. I'm going to take Liberty here over Mississippi State. Then Virginia Tech and... Uh, St. Louis, sorry, I have ugly handwriting. I thought it said St. John's, but it's St. Louis. Now, I love St. Louis. I'm going to be one of those guys right now. Um, the kind of people who say, I'm picking them because I like their mascot. Um, I like St. Louis. They're the Billikens. They have this hideous monstrosity of a mascot. It's like a mix between a gorilla and, and a bat. I love it. I love St. Louis. They're a, they're a basketball school. Um, but Virginia Tech is a really good team. I've seen a lot of Virginia Tech only because I watch mostly the ACC. Um, and, and they're a really good team. They were ranked in the top 10 at one point. They play great defense. They have veteran leaders, and they make free throws. That's one thing that I, I forgot to mention. Pick teams that make free throws. Do not pick teams that are, you know, they play, oh, they play great defense. Or play, how good are they at the free throw line? That is almost maybe the most important aspect of any team in March Madness because making free throws is the difference between winning and losing. You can hold off teams if they start fouling you and you make free throws. You can hold off teams and put them away. And it's the difference between coming back in games. If you're giving up, uh, you know, and one opportunities, that makes a big difference. And the same thing, you know, conversely, if you're ahead and teams start fouling you and you miss free throws and they start creeping back in the games, you're going to lose. So you have to pick teams that make free throws. That, I cannot stress that enough. Pick teams that make free throws. Uh, and I'm going Virginia Tech here. Or I can just put VT. VT. I was going to type, I was going to write out Virginia Tech, but I don't have space for that. So uh, then number six and 11, let's go ahead and speed it up a little bit. Maryland and Belmont. Now Belmont played in the first four last night. This is a popular upset pick, which me, uh, leads me to believe that it's not going to happen, but I'm going to go ahead and trust my gut anyway, and I'm going to pick Belmont in the upset. Um, the Big Ten, I don't. And I think this was the one team that put the Big Ten over the ACC as far as teams, you know, being represented. Uh, in the tournament, I don't think the Big Ten is really that good of a conference. I mean, they have Michigan, Michigan State, obviously, and Purdue. I don't see how much depth they have after that. So I'm taking Belmont, who's a great team. They got in as an at-large, and they're like a, a mid-major school. So that should tell you just how good Belmont really is. I know you haven't seen them because I haven't, but they are a good team because they got in without even winning their conference. So that should tell you how good of a team Belmont is. Uh, then number three and 14, Yale. LSU is a really, really talented team, but they have all kinds of drama. That Will Wade, their coach, is suspended indefinitely. Uh, I'm going to take Yale. Even though LSU is, you know, I mean, just by far more talented than, than Yale, I like the upset here. And so look at that. I already have an, an 11 and a 14 in the second round. Um, so that forces me to, to advance one of those guys. And I like Yale against LSU. I think they can pop them for an upset. Number 7, Tevin. Uh, 7, Tevin. I was trying to say 7 and 10. Number 7, Louisville. And number 10, Minnesota. Now, this is the first game of the tournament. It's going to kick off all the festivities tomorrow at 9 um, Pacific, 12 o'clock Eastern. I like Louisville here. I mean, they're a pretty good team. Again, I, I guess you could say I have a slight ACC bias only because that's who I've seen the most. I've seen mostly the ACC. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and Louisville's a good team. They're not great. They're good. They're not great. Okay, they probably should have beat Duke. They blew like a 20-point lead at home. Um, so there's another quality win they should have. And uh, again, the Big Ten, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, 
Michigan State, Bradley. I do. I am a big fan of this Big Ten team, so I'll, I'll pencil in Michigan State there. So there's the first round of the East bracket moving down to the West. Gonzaga and Dickinson. I'll take Gonzaga. The Zags. Yeah, I'm not... That's the one where I feel pretty good. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen two years in a row, a 16 over a one. And if it does happen, then feel free to call me out on it because I really do not believe a 16 getting, is getting a win this year. Syracuse and Baylor, I'll take Syracuse. I can just put Qs. I was going to type. Again, I was going to write the whole thing, Syracuse. But I can just write Qs on there. Uh, Marquette, Murray State. Now, this is a popular 5-12. and 12, And the popular upsets are the ones that I try to stay away from because, you know, the general public really does not know what they're talking about. And the reason it's a popular upset pick is because of John Morant. Now, I'm not doubtful on John Morant's talent or his ability to be a great NBA player, but Marquette is a good team. They play in the Big, the big East. Their big problem is they don't play any defense whatsoever, but I think they're going to be deep enough to beat Murray State. And Murray State has not beaten a top 25 team. Well, first, yeah, top 25 team or a team in any Power 5 conference. Once they play the big dogs, they usually get beat. If you stop John Morant, you stop the team. I'm going to take Marquette here, the 5 over the 12. And I like John Morant, but I, I don't see him single-handedly willing his team over Marquette. Marquette is kind of streaky. They're like Nevada in that they're all offense, and when they're not scoring, they're not winning. But I think they'll be ready to win one game. I think they'll be prepared to win um, come, when is that? I don't know, for Thursday or Friday. Florida State and Vermont, 4-13. Now, this is one that I really want to pick. I really want to pick Vermont over Florida State, but I don't have the bravery. Um, this is one that is going to break a lot of people's brackets because if Vermont wins, which I think they can, you know, it's going to defeat a lot of people because Vermont is not a popular upset pick. But Florida State, and, and Florida State has a lot of stock right now because they, um, they made it to the ACC championship game and they gave Duke a run for their money. Um, in the champion, they lost, but they, you know, they played Duke pretty tough. A lot of people have a lot of stock in Florida State. I'm not so much high on Florida State right now that I think that they're, you know, because of what I saw in the ACC tournament. But they are a good team. I will take Florida State tentatively. I re- that is one that I'm really wary of. I think Vermont. I probably should just put Vermont in there. Should I? Because what else am I going to have here? I'm probably not going to have very many other upsets in this bracket. You know what? I'm going for broke here. I'm going to put Vermont over Florida State. I had to. I just. I don't get to erase because I'm using a sharpie. But I'm going to put Vermont over Florida State. I think that's an upset that a lot of people are going to overlook. And uh, dang it, I want to go back on that now. Well, let's move on. Okay, Buffalo and then Arizona State slash St. John's. Now those two teams play tonight in the first four. So I will not obviously be able to go back and change it, I think Buffalo can beat either of those teams. I mean, Arizona State is with Bobby Hurley. I mean, look at the coaching matchup in that game, by the way. Saint, Chris Mullen and, and Bobby Hurley, I mean, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, but I, St. John's is inconsistent, and Arizona State in the Pac-12 is extremely inconsistent. I'll take Buffalo. Uh, they have plenty of experience, and I don't know which – I mean, again, I don't even know who's going to win that game tonight. Those teams, those teams are pretty evenly balanced, and I don't see either of those guys beating Buffalo anyway, so I'll take Buffalo. Uh, number three, Texas, and 14, Northern Kentucky, or Texas Tech, rather. I'll take Tech. Texas Tech is a good team. Um, you know, they, they do a lot. They can shoot. They can defend. They make free throws. They do, they do a lot of good stuff. I like Texas Tech. Uh, Nevada and Florida, I'll go with the upset here. I guess mild, because mild upset, I should say. Florida over Nevada because Nevada is just way too inconsistent for me. I mean, 
the Martin, Caleb Martin, is that his name? I mean, he's a great player, but you just, I mean, Nevada is like uh, Marquette, like I said earlier. They all If they're not scoring, they're not winning. I'll take Florida in a much better conference. Uh, they've played against much tougher competition. And the last one here, Michigan and Montana, I will take Michigan. I don't think I have any... I don't have any twos, 15s over twos, and I don't have any 16s over ones, which, I mean, is probably a red flag, but I actually feel pretty confident about that. I don't think, if any, if there were one, well, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Virginia and Gardner-Webb, I'll take, I'll take Virginia. I know a lot of you are selling stock on Virginia, which you shouldn't be doing because Virginia is a great team. Uh, number eight, Ole Miss and Oklahoma. Oklahoma has no business, and again, here I, I'm going to back, I'm about to get called out called out for being um, an Oklahoma hater. They're under 500 in the Big 12. They have a losing record in conference. They should not be in the tournament. I'll take Ole Miss. And I know I'm going to get called out once Oklahoma wins because now that I said they have no business in the tournament, they're going to win the first round, but I will take Ole Miss in the 8-9 and nine matchup. Wisconsin and Oregon. Now, Oregon is a very popular 5-12. and 12. And, and like I think I've said the 5-12 and 12 matchup is very popular at every single 5-12 and 12 matchup. Because people feel safe with the 5 and 12. It's not always the case. You know, you can't just pencil in a 12 over a 5 and feel good about it. But really Oregon, because, you know, they ran through the Pac-12 tournament. They're probably the hottest team in the tournament right now. I don't, and some people are putting Oregon in the Elite Eight. I would not go that far. I think they are hot enough and they have enough momentum to win at least one game. I think they will get past Wisconsin. I'll take the Ducks in the first round. Uh, they have Peyton Pritchard, who has been to a Final Four in his career. Uh, Dana Aldman is also has uh, plenty of postseason experience. I think they will get past Washington. Uh, I don't know how much further they will get from there. Number four and number 13, Kansas State and UC Irvine. Very tempting to pick UC Irvine, but I will go with Kansas State. They play in a good conference, and they won the whole thing. Uh, I think they won the regular season conference tournament. and then the No, regular season conference champions. And then the conference tournament, Iowa State won the tournament or I might have those flipped but they are the two champions in the Big 12 uh number six Villanova and number 11 St. Mary's I'm gonna take Villanova just because of Jay Wright and Villanova has some good wins they have struggled this year but they have at times they look like they look like Villanova and at times they really don't they don't look like Villanova so um you know it's tempting to pick St. Mary's here but I will go with Villanova because they have Jay Wright I think it will have them in order to win at least one game and they'll take care of St. Mary's. And St. Mary's another popular upset pick because they beat Gonzaga. And that was a while ago. They were one of the first conference champions to punch their ticket. There might be some rust there um, in Villanova. I think they won their conference tournament on Sunday. So they're still, or Saturday, during the weekend. So they were, they're still very fresh and they're in, the, they're in game shape. Uh, Purdue, number three and number 14, Old Dominion. I want to pick Old Dominion here because I'm high on the four, 14 and three, but Purdue is a good team. I will take Purdue over Old Dominion. Number seven, Cincinnati, and number 10, Iowa. This one is kind of a tough one. I don't have any Big Ten teams advancing. That doesn't mean I'm going to force myself into picking Iowa. I will take Cincinnati because the American Conference is a very good conference. And another you know kind of conference that nobody watches that has a lot of good teams. They have Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, um, all really good teams. And nobody watches any of those games. Uh, number two, Tennessee, and number 15, Colgate. I will take Tennessee. Now, that is the one. Now, when I was going to talk about 15s and 2s a little bit earlier and then I cut myself off, that is the one 15 and 2 where I, will, I am kind of cautionary on. If you really want to, if you just decide, like, I have to pick a 15 over a 2, if you take my advice, I would say it's Colgate over Tennessee 
But here I am picking Tennessee. So take that with a grain of salt. One of the seven uh, quintillion grains of salt on the earth. Take take one of those uh, because I don't think, you know, Tennessee's a veteran team. I don't see it happening to them. But it could. Again, if there was one 15 over a two that I had to pick, it would be Colgate over Tennessee. So there's that. Uh, moving on to the Midwest bracket, the last bracket in the first round, North Carolina and Iona. Now, you guys know how much stock I have on North Carolina. I'm not selling it for a 16 seed. I'm moving. The, I'm advancing North Carolina. Utah State and Washington. Now, I haven't seen much of Utah State, I will be honest, but I have seen Washington. And Washington plays in the worst Power 5 conference in America, and they're not even the best team in that. So I'm going to take Utah State over Washington. Um, I took Oregon, who plays in the worst conference in America, but they won it, and they're playing really well right now. And I think they draw a pretty interesting matchup in a 12 and a 5. So I will take Oregon at the south bracket. Washington, no thank you. Uh, Auburn and MSU, another very popular 12 and a 5. Everyone loves these 5-12 games. Now, um, and a lot of people here, especially around these parts, are picking NMSU because it's El Paso 2.0. Auburn won the SEC, which included Tennessee, which included LSU, and which included Kentucky. Auburn beat all of those guys. Now, they didn't play all of them, but, I mean, they won. They came out on top in the tournament that included those other three teams. If you win the SEC, you are a very good team. I don't see, and I picked NMSU last year to beat, I believe it was Clemson, and they got blown out by 20 points. And uh, NMSU has a lot of wins this year. I think they're 30-3 and three or something like that. Uh, they are a veteran team, but I am taking Auburn because Auburn won a very difficult conference, and, you know, they have a great coach as well. So I will take Auburn 5 over 12. Now, Kansas, number 4, and Northeastern, number 13. Kansas is not a very good team. They are missing a lot of players. Uh, LeGerald Vick. And Yudoka as a Buki, they would probably they would be a much better team if they had those two guys. But they don't, and they've struggled. They do not look anything like Kansas, um, or how a Kansas team should look. They've they broke their streak of Big Twelve titles. I'm taking the upset here, a wild one, Northeastern over Kansas. Northeastern, that's a big word. That's fun to say. Look, Kansas is just not what they have been in years past, and uh, I just feel like Northeastern. While I have not seen them. According to the stats, they shoot uh, they shoot the three ball very well, so that you know that could come in handy. That's what you want to look at at teams. Are they a veteran team? How well do they shoot the three pointer? How well do they shoot free throws? And can they defend? And Northeastern shoots three pointers, so check one box out of the four there. So I will take Northeastern and upset number six Iowa State and number eleven Ohio State. I will take. Iowa State, because they play in a very good conference, which they won, and Iowa State is a very good team. Uh, moving down, number three, Houston, and number 14, Georgia State. Now, this is a very tempting upset pick right here. Very tempting. I don't know how I don't know how brave I am as far as picking upsets. I think Houston is a very good team. They've been in the tournament in the past recently, so they have players with postseason experience. I'm going to force myself to pick Houston, even though I want to pick Georgia State. Potential upset right there. Kind of like, and I did put Vermont over Florida State, so I already have a 13 over a 4. I do not have a 14 over a 3. But it's not how it works. It's not like you need one upset in every seeding. That's not the way it works. But, you know, I will take Houston um, over Georgia State tentatively because they are a good team. I mean, I've, I've only seen them lose. I saw them lose against UCF, and then I saw them lose in their conference tournament. So the only times I've watched Houston... They've lost, and I'm kind. I'm trying not to let that 
be the last thing, because they say you always remember the last thing you saw or the last thing you hear. Um, but I'm trying not to let that dictate my pick towards Houston. I will advance them tentatively. Now, the next one's a very interesting one. Wofford and Seton Hall, two teams that no one has seen before ever. Now, Wofford is a very good team. They have this fantastic J.J. Redick-like shooter, one of the best three-point shooters in the country. And Seton Hall plays uh, in a decent conference in the Big East. And they they made some noise. It's a ten and a seven. Oh man, I guess I'm taking Wofford. Is that that which may be an upset, as far as you know pedigree, because no one has ever heard of Wofford. You know who Seton Hall is. You just haven't watched them. But as far as the seating goes, it's not technically an upset because Wofford is a seven and Seton Hall is a ten. But I will take Wofford here tentatively. Then uh, two fifteen Kentucky and Abilene Christian University. I will take the Cats. Kentucky moving on the second round now it's taking us almost half an hour and we're only through the first round but it's going to speed up from here because after every round there are half the teams remaining there's some uh, statistics there for you so going back up to the east Duke and UCF I like I said earlier this is a potential game that could destroy a lot of people's brackets because Duke is the most popular pick to win it all and the most popular pick to make it into the final four I think they're a little bit too dynamic for UCF. Um, you know, Taco Fall presents a lot of problems for everyone just because his size is, is, I mean, it's ridiculous, but so does Zion Williamson. So I will advance Duke here uh, past UCF. Now, Liberty and Virginia Tech, I love Virginia Tech. They're a great team. Like I said, you have to have a school that, you know, an upset school that advances past the second round because in the past eight to 10 years or whatever, at least one eight seed or worse has made the Sweet 16, and then even the Elite Eight. So, um, you know, be careful. Don't just pick upsets and then go all chalk after that because I've seen a lot of people do that. They have a bunch of upsets in the first round, and then after that, oh, I'm done. I can just pick the best teams now, the higher seed. It's not the case, but I will take Virginia Tech because they are a very good school and they are a very good team. Enter Sandman. Now the next one, I have my 11 and my 14, Belmont and Yale. This is very tough because those are two upset schools, schools that I haven't seen a lot of, but Belmont, like I said, if you make the tournament as an at-large and you're a mid-major school, that tells me how good you are. I will advance Belmont over Yale. Then Louisville and Michigan State. I'm tempted to pick Louisville only because Tom Izzo, at times, his team struggle in the postseason, but I think he can take care of business against uh, Chris Mack and the Cardinals. I will advance Michigan State. Uh, in the West, you have, or I have, Gonzaga and Syracuse. Now, Syracuse is a very popular upset in the second round. I think Gonzaga is a very good team, and people have that kind of perception of Gonzaga, the way they have a perception of, like, Belmont or, uh, you know, Wofford. They play in a small mid-major conference. They're not good. They were number one in the nation for a reason, folks. I mean, they have a very, very good team. I think they're good enough to get past Syracuse. I will advance them. Do I think they'll win it all? Well, Please hold, because we're going we're gonna to find out pretty soon if I think they're going to win it all. Now, Marquette and Vermont. That seems pretty straightforward. I guess I'll take Verm- I guess I'll take uh, Marquette there, because uh, I'm not even sure Marquette's... I mean, Vermont's going to make it past the first round. So uh, I guess I'll take Vermont. Excuse me, I'll take Marquette. Should I take Vermont? Because like my, apparently my inner consciousness, my psyche is telling me to pick Vermont over Marquette. I will not. I'm going to take Marquette. Uh, Buffalo and Texas Tech. I will take Texas Tech because they are a veteran team. They play defense very well, and they can shoot the ball. They can shoot the three ball 
very well. Texas Tech, a, a school that not many people are talking about making the Final Four or even the Elite Eight. So, uh, you know, because Buffalo is a good team. I think the reason for that is they're playing. They're going to have they're going to have to go through Buffalo and Buffalo is a very uh, good team. And they're a popular school because of what they did in the tournament last year. But I will I will hold stock on Texas Tech and move them on. Now, Florida and Michigan. This one is pretty tough because, every, again, conversely, like uh, Houston, the only times I've watched Michigan, they've lost. And it was all the times they played Michigan State. So I haven't seen much of Michigan. Uh, I would like to see them lose in the second round for no reason whatsoever, just because, just because I, like to be, um, I like to be a pest and I want to see Michigan lose. Um, I'm going to advance Michigan past Florida because I don't know how good Florida is in the first place. They, it's no guarantee they're going to make it past Nevada. So I will pick Michigan. Uh, moving on to the other, the South bracket, uh, Virginia and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a pretty good team, but I will take Virginia because they are an even better team. Uh, Oregon and Kansas State. Now, like I said, Oregon is extremely hot. They're very popular. A lot of people having them getting past Virginia, making it to the Elite Eight. They're a very good team. They're playing really well, but they're not playing that well. I will take Kansas State because they are a very, they are also a good team, and they play in a great conference. If you put Oregon in the Big Twelve, I don't even know how good they would be. Um, in there, they weren't very good in the Pac-12. How good are they going to be in the Big 12? So I'm going to take Kansas State there. Villanova and Purdue. Now I haven't seen much of any Big Ten basketball. I've seen a little bit of Big East basketball. I think Villanova can get past Purdue. I think they are good enough, good enough to get past Purdue. They have the pedigree. They have you know Jay Wright. I think they will get past Purdue. That that is. A, for me, that's a pretty big upset because Purdue's a really good team, and Villanova is not. Villanova is not very good for long stretches of the season. They were unranked. They weren't even in the top 25, but I will go ahead and pick the upset there with Villanova. Now, Cincinnati and Tennessee, I'm very pick- I'm very tempted to pick Cincinnati over Tennessee, but I think I'm getting, you, that's the thing you have to avoid also is just avoid picking upsets just for, to pick upsets. Like, cause I, I'm kind of falling in that trap a little bit. Like, oh, that team's. I'm just gonna pick the upset here, cause they're a lower seed. Um, I'm gonna take Tennessee, cause they are a very good team. And uh, you know, Cincinnati is a very. They are a good team as well. They are a seven seed. Um, yeah, I can't pick against Tennessee. Not just yet. I can't pick against Tennessee, just yet. So I will go. Ahead, yeah, I'm gonna pencil them in. Uh, moving down to the Midwest, North Carolina and Utah State. I'm putting in North Carolina. Come on now. Now, I'm not a North Carolina fan. I'm not a Tar Heel fan, I guess you could say. But I like, so far, my my favorite team this year has been North Carolina. Um, Auburn and Northeastern. This is tough. I'm going to take Auburn because they are a very, like I said, they play in a good conference and they won the whole thing. So that that leaves a big impression on me. Iowa State and Houston. I'm actually going to take the upset here. I'm going to take Iowa State. They are a very good team. They won their conference. I'm kind of showing a little bit of a bias towards conference champions, I'm noticing a little bit here. Uh, Wofford and Kentucky. Now, this is really tempting to pick Wofford because they shoot so well. And Kentucky is streaky with a three ball. Tyler Hero, they're really dependent on him. To, to you know, He kind of gets them going as far as shooting the ball. Um, and they have, they're fully healthy now. They have Travis Reed. They have P.J. Washington. So I'm going to go ahead and take Kentucky, though I think Wofford can win that one, and that's going to be a game to watch. But I think the size of Kentucky and the athleticism is just going to be a little bit too much for the Terriers. Um, okay, moving back to the East, Duke and Virginia Tech. Here it is. I've said all year long, Duke will not make the Final Four. 
And lo and behold, Duke, now that they have Zion Williamson, again, let me go back to this. Remember when everyone was saying Duke could beat the Cavaliers and that they were better than NBA teams and then they lost to Gonzaga like that same week? Now that Zion Williamson is back, all the hype is at an all-time high. Everyone, I mean, it's just an automatic. Duke's going to win. There's no contest. They're just going to win. Remember when uh, Kentucky had Carl Anthony Towns and they were undefeated and no one in their right mind gave Wisconsin any kind of chance and then they beat them? That was in the Final Four. I think Virginia Tech, who plays in the ACC, who has beaten Duke before, granted without Zion Williamson, I think Virginia Tech beats Duke here. I like Virginia Tech a lot. Now, I'm putting a lot of faith in the Hokie Birds, because it's no guarantee that they get past St. Louis. Now, I'm betting for a team that could lose in the very first round to potentially beat the Duke Blue Devils. So, I mean, I'm investing a lot of stock here, but I think Virginia Tech, I'm sticking with my guns. I've said it way back when. I mean, I don't even, since like last year, it might have been in November or September, or not September, October. I get my months confused, remember that? I've said since way back when, Duke will not make the Final Four with all these freshmen. They just, they will not. And everyone picking Duke actually makes me feel better about that proclamation. So I am taking the Hokie Birds here over Duke. Now, Belmont and Michigan State, I am really tempted to take uh, Belmont here. Only because, you know, I have them already here. What is this? A Sweet 16 already against Michigan State. And uh, they are a very good team, as I've said many times before. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Spartans, Michigan State. I think they are good enough. They have enough experience with Cassius Winston to avoid and kind of slow down any runs that Belmont's going to give them. I will take Michigan State there. Uh, Gonzaga and Marquette, I will take Gonzaga. Because, like I said earlier, Marquette is way too inconsistent. I don't feel comfortable about them making as far as I have them in the first place. So I will take uh, Gonzaga because they are more Gonzaga because they are more consistent and they, are, they have more uh, postseason experience. Now, Texas Tech and Michigan. I will take Texas Tech. I really have a lot of stock on Texas Tech this year. They play great defense. They can shoot the ball. They are a veteran team. They were here last year. Didn't end the way they wanted to. I think they had, they had a pretty early exit. Uh, but I will take Texas Tech. I think this is kind of their year to really make some big, you know, step, take some big steps forward in the tournament. Now, UVA and Kansas State is a very interesting game because Kansas State, you know, plays very similar to Virginia. They both play kind of, you know, defensively. So that kind of leads me to believe Virginia is going to win that because they're one of the best defensive teams. They are the best defensive team in the country, and I think they have more stars on their team. Jack Salt, you know, great. he's a great screener, great rebounder, and they have Kyle Guy, who's one of my favorite, if not my overall favorite player in the country. I love watching Kyle Guy, so I'll put them past Kansas State. Now Villanova and Tennessee – Another school, Villanova, who I don't even know if I should have them this far in the first place. I will take Tennessee because Villanova is really not that good. I think they have a pretty good um, seating and a good route to potentially even get to the Final Four. I mean, they have a really favorable bracket, does Villanova. They have a puncher's chance to get out. I don't think they will, but they do have a shot. They will make it that far in the Sweet 16, but I will take Tennessee. North Carolina and Auburn. Now, Auburn's a really good team. I have them getting past two schools who they probably shouldn't even get past in the first place. I will take North Carolina. They're a really good team. They won the SEC, as I've said, like 40 times throughout this podcast. But it's no guarantee that they'll get past NMSU. And if you don't get past, if you don't get past NMSU, you are not a very good team. Um, and I'll have them losing to North Carolina. They're the, most, they're the best team. North Carolina is fantastic. They rebound better than anyone. 
They pass the ball better than anyone. They have veteran leaders in Cam Johnson and Luke May, who's got the best beard goatee in the country. It's not even up for debate. And they make their free throws. And they have a star scorer in Kobe White. Yes, he's a freshman, which goes against everything I stand for. But in this day and age, everyone has a, everyone has a freshman starter. And Kobe White, from what he's shown me, has been fantastic. They should have beat Duke. They should have beat Duke in the ACC championship game. They took... I mean, they admit, it was kind of surprising for a Roy Williams team to have botched the last two possessions as bad as they did. Cam Johnson took a step back three. I mean, just blanketed step back uh, three for the win. And there was 12 seconds left. There was 12 seconds left. It was unbelievable. And Kobe White, they get the ball back. They foul Duke, who can't make free throws, going back to ma- making free throws. I think that's why Virginia Tech's going to beat Duke. Um, they fouled R.J. Barrett. Or was it RJ? They filed one of the freshmen. It was RJ Barrett at Cam Reddish. I know it was not Zion Williamson. It was one of those two guys. Um, and they missed both free throws. Like, okay, we're right back in it. We have a possession, and all we need is a two to win. Kobe White just kind of dribbled it out, really didn't have a game plan, and they forced up a three, and they lost. So I don't think that's going to happen again. They should have beaten Duke this last time. I think that's good enough for them to beat Auburn. Going down to Iowa State, Kentucky. I'm taking the upset here again. Iowa State, I think they are really balanced team and I'm kind of showing a bias a little bit towards the Big 12 because the Big 12 has really good teams they play defense and they can shoot as the ball as well now going to the Elite Eight I'm setting up my final four here some shockers to say the least Virginia Tech and Michigan State if I have Virginia Tech beaten Duke then logic dictates they should beat Michigan State because Michigan State with Tom Izzo against Duke is 1-11 all time They've only beat Duke once out of 12 meetings. So I will have Virginia Tech. If they are good enough to beat Duke, they are good enough to beat Virginia Tech, a school that no one is talking about because they're in such a tough draw against St. Louis. It's no guarantee that they get past that first round. I think they will. And after that, I think it's all downhill in a good way, building up momentum for the Hokie Birds. Now, Gonzaga and Texas Tech. I don't want to have too many one seeds in my uh, bracket in my final four. And everyone has a lot of doubt on Gonzaga They're, because they are, I guess you could say, a mid-major school because they play in the West Coast Conference. Um, and Texas Tech plays in a really good conference, and they are a very balanced team. I am taking Texas Tech to make the Final Four. Unbelievable. The Red Raiders and the Hokie Birds in the Final Four. Who would have ever guessed that? Who would ever in their right mind say Texas Tech's going to the Final Four? This idiot right here. Going to the South Region, Virginia and Tennessee, a one and a two. That is not good at all. Um, so the South, my bracket's not going to be perfect because I have a one and a two in the Elite Eight. I think probably Tennessee could get popped in that very first game. They could lose to Cincinnati in that second round. So, you know, it's probably, uh, my bracket is probably most flawed in the South with Tennessee making it as far as they do. I think Virginia will make it to the Final Four. Virginia is that good. They have the shooting of Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy. Now, their problem, they cannot stall. They cannot get stalled with the athleticism and the size of Tennessee, which is going to give them a lot of problems because Virginia, when they are not scoring, they're in a lot of trouble. And you saw it against Florida State. Their size and their length, their athleticism, really disrupted Virginia's shooting, and they weren't able to stop them defensively, and they just never got it going. It was kind of like a repeat of UMBC because they just never got into a rhythm, and that was just the end of them. They never really got it going. Their offense, I mean, they're a defensive team, but they have to rely on their offense. If their offense is not scoring consistently and make, knocking down 
you know, open uh, jumpers, Virginia's going to be in a lot of trouble. But uh, I don't really have that much faith in Tennessee anyway. So I will take Virginia. Now, North Carolina, Iowa State. I'm not going to make the same mistake and just putting in Virginia Tech, you know, like or putting in Iowa State like I put in Virginia Tech, North Carolina. I've had stock on them all year long. I'm not giving up now. So my final four, as disgusting as this looks, I have Virginia Tech, Texas Tech, Virginia, and North Carolina. I have two one seeds. I have a four seed, and I have a where is Texas? A three seed. I have a four, a three, and two ones. So uh, it's never. I mean, if because if it, if the tournament followed the rules, we'd have four one seeds, and that has only ever happened one time, ever. There's only ever happened once where all four one seeds have made the tournament. I think it's only happened two or three times over the last 15 years where three one seeds make the, uh, the final four. It has happened that two one seeds make it, though that is more rare. And then, you know, most of the time, only one seed makes it. But I think Virginia is good enough. They're on a mission. Everyone is telling Virginia how bad they are and that they're going to choke and that they're the worst team of all, all the one seeds. I think Virginia will get there. In North Carolina, I've had so much faith in them all year long. If they lose in the first round, I'm going to cry. I'm just going to be so heartbroken if North Carolina gets beat in the first or second round. I'm going to be, I mean, just distraught. I might cancel the show if they, if they lose. If they don't make it to the Final Four, I'm going to be really disappointed. Virginia Tech and Texas Tech. This is really tough because I can't, I mean, it's, it's unforeseeable that these two teams, these two schools even make the Final Four. So how am I going to predict if they're going to play each other? It's going to be really tough um, to pick Virginia Tech and uh, Texas Tech, I think Texas Tech does a little bit better job of scoring. I think they're they're more proficient when they have to score the ball than Virginia Tech. Um, and I think that's going to be the difference because they're both really good on defense. And ultimately, something's going to have to give. I think Texas Tech will make uh, enough threes to win this game. I'm taking Texas Tech to make it to the national championship game. Now, Virginia and North Carolina... These two, these two schools are familiar. They're both ACC schools. They've played each other. This was something that I was hoping to see in the ACC championship game, though neither of those schools even made it that far. They both got knocked out in the semifinal. I think North Carolina is experienced enough, and they're fast enough. That's the thing with um, people just... Um, they take for granted North Carolina's speed. Even off of made shots, they're getting the ball out of the net, and they are running... I think that's the kind of pace you have to play to beat Virginia because if you play at Virginia's pace, you're going to lose. You have to throw Virginia off of their tempo and off of their defensive pace. I think North Carolina is going to be fast enough to get them out of their you know, get them out of out of their comfort zone fast enough to disrupt their defense and score and force Virginia to score because Virginia is not an offensive team. We we know that. They're not a fast team. They're amongst one of the slowest teams in the nation. I think uh, Carolina's pace is going to uh, dictate the pace of the game rather than Virginia. I will take North Carolina. So, in our championship game, we have Texas Tech, the Red Raiders against the Tar Heels. And, uh, you know, it seems like this is kind of predetermined for me because it kind of is. I've been, you know, and it's not a surprise. You know, I've had so much faith in North Carolina. They've been the best team that I've seen for a while. And it hasn't been all year. They got blown out at Louisville, Louisville or by Louisville. Or it was it was on the road, but anyway, they were blown out by Louisville. I mean, it was an ugly loss. A lot of people wrote them off, and it was easy to write them off because of who they played with in their conference, Duke. 
All people needed to see was that one loss, and that was it. Duke was the best team in the country. Um, but they've turned it around since then. They're playing at North Carolina pace. They're rebounding like a North Carolina team. They pass the balls better than anyone in the country. I mean, you, I mean, they're so much fun to watch. You have to watch North Carolina the first few games of the tournament because they're, they're, they're fast. They pass the ball. They shoot well. The North Carolina Tar Heels are my 2019 March Madness champion. I'm taking the Heels to win it all over the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So that tells you how accurate this bracket is. But I think I've, the rest of my bracket, uh, it's, it's a coin flip. But I strongly feel, if there's one thing that I can hang my hat on, I feel like North Carolina will win this year. I think Roy Williams adds, an, adds another trophy to his already, I mean, he's going to have to add another trophy case. I don't even know how much room he has left in the trophy case he already owns. I'm taking the heels. Now it's time for me to sign this thing. There's my disgusting uh, signature. There it is. Uh, North Carolina over Texas Tech with Virginia Tech and UVA in the final four. It's, it's, it's set in stone. And don't, don't harass me, okay? Don't bully me about how my bracket is busted. How many times do I have to go over the 9.2 quintillion? No one's bracket is perfect, so stop bracket shaming people. I'm not going to bracket shame anyone. If you have four one seeds, I think you're wrong. But take a picture and post it because at one point in time, everyone's bracket is perfect. Right now, everyone's bracket is looking great. Everyone is unblemished. Everyone is feeling great about their picks. And then in about an hour after the game start, they're going to feel really terrible. And then they're just going to head on over to Buffalo Wild Wings and then just, you know, kind of sulk in, in their misery. But do not bracket shame anybody because nobody knows. Like, I can't say it enough. Nobody knows what's going to happen. There's no perfect science. You can try different strategies like I did. None of them will work, but for the meantime, I'm taking the heels to win it all. That is our episode this week. There's no quote of the week because uh, there weren't any March Madness quotes. that uh, um, I, I didn't feel like taking any quotes for the first four teams. They're all going to lose in the first round anyway, except for Belmont. I think Belmont could potentially make a, <clears throat> excuse me, a pretty good tournament run, and I hope they do because I have them going pretty far. Where do I have them going? Oh, the Sweet 16 in my bracket. So, yeah, they better, they better win some games. Uh, no quote of the week. Uh, yeah, that's our show. I hope you enjoy the games, guys. It's going to be a fantastic weekend of basketball starting tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific with Louisville and Minnesota kicking off the festiv- festivities. You can All the games are going to be on CBS, TBS, TNT, and True TV. All four of those channels will have complete coverage, and you're going to have to go back and forth. Make sure if you're in charge uh, or if you're not in charge, make sure you find a good pilot for the remote. Don't have one guy who sits on one game for the whole tournament. You know how many games there are throughout March Madness, especially especially during the first and second weekends? Don't give it to the guy who's going to watch one game. And if you are that guy, get out. If you want to watch one game and that's it, go watch by yourself, okay? No one wants to have a March Madness party with a guy who's watching one game and that's it. Get out of here. No one wants to hang out with you. And if you are the guy in charge of the remote, be smart about it. Don't change the channel every you know every minute and a half be smart if there's a timeout or there's a foul okay i'm changing it if there's you know a commercial media timeout i'm changing it if there's halftime definitely change it if their game's going into halftime be a good pilot be a good driver um and have fun you know more so than anything have fun watching these games this has been the crowd noise podcast the first ever march madness bracket palooza spectacular wednesday edition special in march um 
You can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Anchor Podcasts, and you can listen on Spotify. I can't wait, you guys. Uh, if you made it this far, thanks for putting up with my horrendously uh, convoluted uh, March Madness picks. Um, I hope it helped you out a little bit. With Maybe you had some trouble with your bracket and you were kind of looking for some advice. I probably didn't help, but I, eh, I hope I did. Um, I'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Um, enjoy the games.